0: Always stay connected with 99.9% reliable Sky Broadband. Switch your home to Sky Broadband today. See Sky.ie for more. About 30 kilometres north of Dublin in County Mead, lies a hidden oasis filled with trees, flowers and wild animals called Dunsany Castle. Built over 900 years ago, the Dunsany estate is rich in history, but is also now home to Ireland's largest rewilding experiment. Recently, I took a trip out to Meath to meet the man who was behind this project, Lord Randall Plunkett, the 21st Baron of Dunsany. First of all, is, is, is Randall what you go by? Is
1: Randall. I mean, I kind of say to people... You know, people call me Lord Dunsany, they call me Baron these days, but the truth of the matter is this is a republic, so I go by Randall Plunkett, and it's only the media that calls me anything but that.
0: So I'm okay to call you Randall? Yes, everybody
1: in in this part of the world calls me just Randall.
0: Randall's a filmmaker and a producer, and he lives here in the castle grounds with his young family and his five dogs.
1: The one over there is Tiny, her daughter Butthead, that one over there's Chow, We've lost Beavis. Oh, Beavis is over there. And, uh, yeah, there's another one floating around here somewhere. And that would be Nero.
0: What Randall's trying to do in Dunsany is one of the most ambitious rewilding projects in this country. He's taken 750 acres of his land and given it straight back to nature. And so we're walking, we've just come through this beautiful kind of canopy of trees. And now we're walking out into these big fields. And as you say, before this would have been more farmland-like, right? This
1: would have all been farmland. You would have seen no blade of grass much longer than a few inches. Some of the grass here this year reached six foot, oh my God. which is pretty crazy for Ireland. And you just take it in just for a moment there. You can just see the scale.
0: God, it's so peaceful. I love it. Mm. Just, Isn't it great? You should come amazing. here
1: in, in, in summer or spring. And it's like the rainforest all you hear is like
0: Agree with the birds oh
1: that's crazy and then you suddenly see like a head pop up and it'll be like i heard a deer will just cross and you'll just be standing here because this grass like now it's all kind of like it, it's gappy but in the summer you are literally doing this to get through
0: but taking on a rewilding project of this scale isn't without its challenges as we'll soon find out i'm Sarah cha and this is in the news from the irish times Today, we step outside the studio, and inside Ireland's biggest rewilding experiment. Dunsany Castle was built in the late 12th century and lies on 1700 acres of land in County Meath. What's even more impressive is that since it was built all those centuries ago, its ownership has remained within the same family. Their portraits line the walls of the castle, reminding Randall of the men and women who have come before him.
1: So we're in the dining room here, and the dining room, a.k.a. the hall of big noses, because we all, all us aristocrats, have large noses. Mm -hmm. Don't know why, but that's how it happens. Um, So starting at the top over there, you've got my father. He was an artist and a sculptor. Over here, you've got my grandfather. He was a soldier. And then you have Horace Plunkett, over there, he was the founder of the co-ops. You've got the saint under him. So I get into heaven, by the way, because I get a saint in the family, I could I could get away with bank robbery and I'd still go to heaven. Uh, it's good to have a man on the inside. So Saint Oliver Plunkett, and you see a, a little bit of a resemblance. We've got the same haircut.
0: Though his portrait uh, isn't on the wall just yet, Randall is the latest in this family dynasty to take over the castle grounds. Over the years, the land has been mainly used for farming and agriculture, But Randall wasn't so sure he wanted to go down that same path.
1: So my father died about 10 years ago in 2011. And my mother was still alive. So she largely, we kind of ran it together. Um, But it was very much like every good Irish family, um, mom was in charge. So even though I was officially in charge, unofficially, I took orders. Mm -hmm. Most Irish families will know what that's like. (laughs) Um, So my mom passed away during the COVID. So now it's all me. But my mum and I, we started the rewilding. We started all these sort of, should we say, the changes about eight years ago.
0: And how did the idea of rewilding first come to you? And I'm also interested in asking about your mum. I mean, how did she take to it when she'd seen the grounds be run in a very certain way for so long?
1: So I decided I didn't have much faith in the powers that be to fix the problems of the world. And I felt that it was about time someone like myself stopped bitching and complaining and at the time i didn't really know what i was doing god knows why i felt that it was up to me to make a change but i thought here i have more than everybody and it's time for me to make something with it and i thought this was the first if it's not someone like me who can't take the first step how can you possibly ask anybody else so i decided to go to war and i went to war with with the destruction of the environment
0: And what about your mom, Randall? How did she take to the whole idea?
1: So we had tried some organic farming. My mom was horrified one day when we got some cattle for for fattening. And they came with their heads covered in blood because they had dehorned them. And my mom didn't like that. My mom was a very um, honorable woman, and she was not into injustice or cruelty. And although we wanted to try to to fit into the status quo of how an estate like this makes money... She was definitely put off by that day when it when it happened. And, you know, she saw what I saw, that definitely there was a problem. She didn't quite know how to articulate it or how, what she would do about it. But when I went on this journey, there was a little bit of a resistance at first, mostly because of the amount of financial loss we'd lose. Um, and in a place like this, as much as it looks wonderful, there is always a huge amount of investment into it. And like I said, every penny we make goes back into it. And that now was being lost because we were now getting rid of a a valuable source of income. But some things are worth more than money.
0: How important do you think rewilding is as part of the fight back against the destruction of our planet?
1: Rewilding is a vital tool in climate change. Vital. It's one tool. It's not the only tool. But it's certainly a very relevant one, and it is also something that has other other benefits. And it also doesn't require a huge amount of money. Which, you know, creating electric cars, solar panels on all the government buildings, which I think probably should be a, an absolute mandatory thing, since everybody else is getting charged a lot of uh, additional taxes for not being carbon neutral. We could start with the government building, perhaps. But uh, that aside, the biggest benefit to the environment would be if many people started creating nature corridors throughout Ireland, everybody's gotta do something. Not everybody can do rewilding. Some people can just make better choices, but we all gotta make some sacrifices if we want to survive in the lifestyle that we're used to. I think uh, it's time for Ireland to really, we are supposed to be the green country and yet we're anything but. It's time for us to, we're a small country so we can make the massive changes very quickly. Let me just stop you there and yeah. look at these spiderwebs. Can you see it through oh the my light? God, yeah, I can. You oh, can wow. see if you catch the light just, you can actually see the whole field is just a wall of spider webs.
0: That's amazing.
1: Look around. One of the things that you see is that every area has little spots. There's spots of different types of grass, you see different types of plants. So you have as multiple um, ecosystems as possible to create more opportunity for animals and bugs and insects and everything. Because like I said, we're farming nature here.
0: When you first started rewilding, right back at the start, what were the first changes you noticed that kind of felt like, okay, no, this might actually work?
1: Well, when I first started, it was interesting because the grass grew obviously and nobody harvested the grass. and, you know, I had a few extra insects and etc. And there was some ragwort and thistles and nettles. In fact, there was a lot of that. Mm. Um, and at the time, I didn't really know what what I was going to, what I was pursuing exactly. I kind of had a, a an idea that nature would be able to sort itself out. I never believed that human intervention was completely necessary. And um, so what happened was I found um, at first it was just a lot of nettles and thistles and Everybody in my neighborhood was telling me, oh, you're gonna to have to do something with that, otherwise it's just gonna make the land unpassable, unmovable, and it'll just destroy the land. Good thing I'm very, very um, stupid and very hard-nosed, and I didn't really listen to anything that they said, and I let it go. Now, the first year was an explosion of, of um, thistles and nettles and ragwort. Second year, even worse, but I started seeing a lot more insects, more butterflies, more bits and pieces. The third year, same again. Um, this time I was seeing more birds, more things that I hadn't seen before. And apart from that, it was actually looking fantastic. Fourth year was a full out disaster. It was just completely filled with ragwort. And I thought, oh God. And then the fifth year, it started disappearing. And now where, if you look around, you barely see any of that here now. And I had a theory that a lot of these so-called invasive species of weeds, which are native by the way, um, were only a result of something that wasn't right in the soil. Because there's no... Nothing native should completely dominate. That's mm. just not how it works. Unless you in, introduce something foreign, everything native should just work. And if you look around, you look around, you see lots of it. You see reeds, you see hawthorn, you see bits of sometimes wildflowers, different types of grass, different types of trees. And, uh, and that's the thing. I mean, nature is a very interesting thing. It will eventually find its, its own balance You just have to be very patient.
0: Can you tell me a little bit, Randall, about the wildlife that's appeared here in the last six or seven years?
1: So when I started, you'd see the odd fox, perhaps the odd deer. There was one buzzard in this field. I think last year there were, I think, five buzzards in this field. I never seen a red kite till I started rewilding. Then one just turned up. Now we have several. I never saw a peregrine falcon, then one turned up. Never saw a woodpecker, then a bunch of them turned up. Um, Badgers increased, um, hedgehogs, everything just started coming. We average at least one animal new every year. Okay. Um, There's just so much. We've been very, very lucky. But also it's been a little bit, it isn't just luck because my guys who work here, we use one track in, one track out. If anyone who ever goes walking with me, they get to, to follow the same track. Mm. Those tracks are set by the deer. And at the beginning of spring, I set out the tracks to make sure that there's no animal nests or any ground birds in the area that can be disturbed. Mm. And my employees thought that I was crazy um, because it was so over the top. But the at the same time, we've been so successful at bringing back species because... We don't disturb the land, especially during the crucial areas of you know, s- spring and summer. Mm. And all this, the track that you're walking on right now is a deer track, as you can see.
0: And can you just tell us, we have this incredible view at the moment. So we're looking back up at the castle and it's kind of, I mean, a huge meadow with a kind of a, a perimeter of trees, but this goes on much further, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it keeps going right away to that forest over there. However, this is also a a very sad part of the story because this is also, this forest is also earmarked for the new Navin rail. They intend to, or at least it's proposed at this point, to destroy all of this. And they will have to destroy all of this because they cannot let trees like that size that you see over there go anywhere near a a train line. And that's very sad for us because this is also the home of where most of the animals that have returned have come from the woodpeckers. Uh, We have at the moment, we think we have a goshawk. All of this could go up in smoke in a few years because of the concept of trying to save carbon, which ironically, if you look up, think about how much carbon is being swallowed up by this forest. And Meath has the least forest probably next to Clare in the country. And destroying mature forests like this that have 300-year-old oaks is just, it's the kind of thing that, we Irish people are going to be very sad about in the future.
0: How much of your land would be impacted by that Navin rail?
1: It remains to be seen but I'd say all of this forest would definitely be destroyed uh, because the old, old rail used to exist there but you see it existed as a single line back in the early part of the century dug by hand and nowadays if you get a bunch of caterpillars going through here nothing will survive. And also a dual line electric Will not allow any of these trees to be anywhere near him. So, unfortunately, and that's. And even the vibrations, the noise, all of that will scare and destroy what we're trying to build here. So, it's a very sad part of the story.
0: Coming up, the threats, abuse, and backlash facing the Dunsany Rewilding Project. Never suffer the buffer again! Always stay connected with 99.9% reliable sky broadband. Whether you're streaming on the sofa. Gaming in the bedroom. Or swiping in the bathroom. I said swiping. You'll never be without it. Switch your home to 99.9% reliable sky broadband. Availability subject to location requires Sky Broadband Ultrafast. For more info, see sky.ie forward slash speeds. 99.9% reliability based on time our broadband network works across our base. So we've had this wonderful walk this morning um, around the part of the estate and you've explained to us lots about the rewilding process and about the trees and the shrubs and the animals that are there, but not everyone has agreed with you on this hugely aspirational project. Can you tell me about, a bit about the backlash you've experienced over the last few years?
1: Yeah, there has been a lot of threats and bullying tactics and, you know, abuse. Unfortunately, I knew this was coming. If you look at Meath, Meath is almost completely either built up or completely agriculture. There's not much wild left. Dunsany is one of the rare spots where you actually have a high concentration of forests and, shall we say, untouched land. So naturally, um, all the nature converges here and so when your big thing is shooting foxes as a hobby or badger baiting, which is another thing, or um, shooting stags for, for pleasure or for trophies, when you suddenly get the biggest area suddenly no longer open to you and you have nowhere else to go, now you have to go to Kerry or you have to go to Carlo or maybe Cavan, that makes people angry. And not many people have given up and said, you know what, it's too difficult now, it's too much, time has changed. And some of the diehards are still there. There's one fellow over here, who put some death threats on me, he'd begin to badger baiting. And what they do, it's illegal. They they send a terrier down a hole and the terrier will latch onto the the badger and they'll dig it out and then they'll bash it to death with a bat or whatever. That's people's football. So when you're trying to deal with people like that, don't expect intellectual arguments. I've had personal threats. I've had um, vandalism of my property. The important thing here is... We're not going to, you know, back down. We patrol at night, during the mornings. Uh, This evening I'll be driving around patrolling. We'll do late night drives to stop poaching. And we're never going to stop. And if, God forbid, one of them shoots me, you best believe there'll be one to step in my place the next day.
0: How have the Gardaí responded when you have made those calls in the past? And what about, I guess, kind of government support for all of this? I mean, external support, does any exist? Well,
1: um, I'm sure they all think it's terrible. That's about as good as I get. If I call, if I have a legitimate complaint, the police will come very slowly. (laughs) But they'll come. We have had some things that have gone well with the police. But to be honest with you, some of the problems are the fact that the laws are not strong enough. So, you know, it's an ongoing thing. Unfortunately, it's, uh, it's not as much support as I'd like, but uh, it's something. I don't have much government interest, really. I haven't had many visits. I've had one visit from one TD. Nobody from the Green Party, really. We had a, an advisor. The rest of the ministers were too busy. And uh, no one from Finnegale either. Um, or any of the other left-wing parties either. So I think um, maybe during the election season, I'll suddenly get a lot of new friends. But to be honest, that's very sad for me because this project here has cost the government zero. The carbon that I'm absorbing here, I should really be sending them a bill.
0: Do you worry about other rewilding projects if they spring up? If other areas are inspired by what you're doing, are you worried about the backlash that they will face as well?
1: Well, I would strongly ask the government to take a much harder tone with these types of things, these types of property issues. And I think if the government really wants to stop environmental destruction, they have to start with protecting what's on the environment as well. And poaching, there's no room for it. I I think anyone who's going at night to shoot uh, animals on other people's property, it's the same as burglary, it really has to be curtailed. And it's dangerous, like I said, people shooting guns who are not necessarily trained shooters near houses, at farms. I mean, how long before somebody gets a bullet from a stray shot? And we need to scare this kind of behaviour away. There's no room for it anymore.
0: You mentioned the government, this is costing the government nothing, but it is costing you financially something. Are you worried moving forward about just the financially being able to continue what you're doing here? Because as you said, you, you have lost money on it. You have to put your own money into it.
1: I took this... I will say a bit of a sacrifice with this. I would say I have lost a good amount of money doing it. I have lost a lot of my time because because I've taken a financial hit, I now have to work twice as hard to make that money and to offset that damage. And I work seven days a week now. I work on Christmas Day. So it's not, and I would do it all again tomorrow, because what's the point of all of this? What's the point of trying to remember history if there's no future? so my big question to the people in power is should you not be thinking the same way what does all this matter if we're going to just sell ourselves down the river so i see the writing on the wall and i'm doing the bit here where's their contribution and you know having a few extra bus lanes or a bicycle lane it's lovely but it isn't enough it's nowhere near enough and i think you know the biodiversity of a bike lane not quite, quite what the scientists would think are going to make a big enough difference. But I think rewilding, reforesting, creating green spaces. And of course, look, there's lots of community involvement too. And I think that is the next... We have to evolve the way we do things here. And they're changes. And I think that those will have much more impact than, say, whether we're going to have to pay a little bit extra at the gas pump. You're just making people poorer. And I think... Places like Dunsany shouldn't be the only one. Dunsany is an oasis, but what I'd really like to see is Dunsany is part of the web. The web of forestry, the web of countryside. We should have, every county should have areas like this for the public. And I think landowners, especially people in my position, we have more than most people, and if we can simply do a little bit, if everybody just did a little bit, if we all did a bit and allowed nature to have a space, I think we'd cure a lot of the problems we have in society today. And I think if we started having this as a normal thing, I think people would be a lot happier.
0: Randall, thanks so much. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: You're very welcome, and thank you for having me.